Hey everyone, could a four-day school week work in our city? Plus, are you willing to pay out of pocket to maintain public parks? And every musical artist should be required to do this. Lead producer Dina Kespa joins me to break down those stories and more. It's Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. All right, Dina, how was the extended weekend? We're nice and recovered, I think. How are you? Are we recovered? I mean, is the, is it enough? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love, love me a three-day weekend. <laughs> yeah. Are you more of a, we should have a Friday off into a long weekend or a long weekend extender with a Monday? Which one do you like better? Friday off before the long weekend. I'm totally oh, I'm about opposite. that. Really? I'm all about the Monday. Why? Is it because it's Monday blues? There's something so satisfying on Sunday night when you're mm. sitting there and you're watching football or you're watching a movie <laughs> or you're hanging out with family and then you get the Sunday scaries, right? You go, oh no, yeah. I got work. <laughs> and you're like, actually, I don't. I get one more day <laughs> off and there's just something fun about a Monday off. I don't know. Fridays always feel special anyways mm, because it's Friday, we're there. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, let, let's be honest, across all industries, the workload and the work capacity drops on Friday, True. right? Everyone's just kind of taking it easy. So it's already a weekend day. Mm-hmm. But for me, the Monday is like, ah, oh, it's it's magical. Yeah, I can see that. Because then Tuesday just feels that much sweeter. Because then you're like, oh, the week is so short. I'm almost done. Yep. <laughs> we're already there. We're already on Tuesday, which is the worst day of the week. And exactly. we're going to finish it. And we're on Wednesday. And here we go. It's almost there. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, so big story today. Uh, Tell me about this. We've got a big debate happening tonight. Mm -hmm. Y'all, election season is upon us. I mean, we're in October, but coming up November 7th is the election day. And today is actually the last day to register to vote. So first of all, put that on your to-do list. If you haven't registered to vote, do that ASAP. And then tonight, tune in to Channel 2 to watch the mayoral debate or go in person, get yourself a ticket. It'll happen at the Houston Christian University tonight. Yeah, this is going to be good. This is the first big one with everyone there. And I don't know, like, do I really want to hear from candidate number 14 who really (laughs) is not going to get that many votes? I I just want to hear from the top two or three candidates, right? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, it always ends up being a popularity contest, unfortunately. But I would be interested in just hearing what maybe the voices that aren't so prevalent and prominent in the community. I would be curious to hear what platforms they're running on and what they have to say. Now, if you were at the debate, Are you going to ask a question? Like, are you one of those people where you're like, okay, you know what? I've got my question ready. I'm going to get up there and ask something. Honestly, I feel like I'm more introverted and don't want to like ask a question in front of everybody. Like, can I do it from behind a wall (laughs) without everyone staring? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm in radio and podcast. (laughs) So I want to ask a question at a debate, but you know what my big fear is, Dina? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to become Ken Bone. Do you remember that guy? Like <laughs> yes. he was, he had a legit question. He was so nice. I know. And the next thing you know, he is a meme across yep. every single site ever. I'm afraid of that. And since this debate is going to be broadcast, not mm-hmm. only on KPRC too, but other stations as well, and probably online, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go viral. I don't want to become exactly. Ken Bone. Exactly. That's precisely why I don't want to do it. Because I'm not trying to become a meme. <laughs> that is it. 
So the debate is happening tonight. I want to get my big story in here and I want to get your thoughts since both of us are parents. Mm -hmm. I think this would be a good one to talk about. So Crosby has been experimenting with a four-day school week and the results are mixed right now. And I don't know if any Mm -hmm. other ISD can apply this four-day school week because of just how tightly knit Crosby Independent School District is Mm -hmm. in that community. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of parents and grandparents that live in the same area so you can get help. Yeah, I mean, what makes Crosby different, it was the first largest Texas school district to even make this announcement of like the four-day week, uh, kind of testing it out. But Crosby's different. Like you said, it's a tight-knit community. Um, They have a significant higher rate of like a parent that stays at home, like 76.4% when you look at that Mm. district, right? Of Crosby kids are likely to have one parent at least at home and the other one in the workforce, like we're out there working. So it's different, right? Because when you compare it to other districts in in Houston, that might not be the case. Yeah. And the cool thing that Crosby also has, they've got local programs and community programs that are helping out with the Friday off. So the YMCA, they actually have a day where you can drop off children at 7 a.m. and they can stay there till 6.30. They're going to have breakfast and lunch provided by the Houston Food Bank as well. So Mm. the program is there and it's only $75 a month. So that Mm. helps a little bit. But Yeah, I don't think this is possible at a bigger district, right? Mm -hmm. Like HISD, could you imagine if every kid was off on a Friday, what kind of issues would rise for households who have parents that are working? Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. And this is like, aside from the whole issue of daycares that just, you know, happened within the country, right? Like taking that into context of like our city and how would it look like? I don't think it would work. Ideally, I personally would love that. Because like as a kid, I would have loved to just go to school four days a week. I feel like it would potentially have a better effect on a kid's attention span and maybe make them more susceptible to really absorbing more within four days instead of five days. I don't know. I Hopefully, we'll have the stats and the information about that after this year. But I can't see how that would actually work. It would take an abundant amount of resources to make it happen in a school district like HISD. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking about just kids that I know in my neighborhood, like literally my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about the parents. Now we're fortunate that both my wife and I work from home. Mm -hmm. So we would be okay having our third grader at home on a Friday, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking about my neighbors and all of them would be like, what are we supposed to do here? Because Mm -hmm. I've got work and I cannot miss work. And I don't want to put that burden on somebody, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, as a student, it would be awesome just to have four days. You have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and you can enjoy that time off and, you know, really live life, right? You're not in school for that extra day. But man, that would be so much fun to think about as a kid, but as a parent, that's scary. I know. But I mean, the thing is like, Also looking at the other side of it where teachers are so burnt out, like they just, they need a day to recover. They need a day to just like focus on lesson planning, grading, anything else administrative. They need that in order to kind of recover from a full day of teaching. That one day would make such a significant difference. I know that's like the whole reason why they did it is because they wanted to lure top teachers from around, you know, Houston or even outside of Houston. So it's great, but... Yeah, I don't see how it, it would really work for the parents, especially if there's two parents who are working. It's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, and Crosby ISD said that they had a 70% improvement in filling teacher vacancies well, compared well, to well. last year. 
Yeah, well, so well, it actually well. worked. Now, the last thing I want to bring up with this is could employers also adjust, right? And mm. make an exception, especially in communities where they know that, hey, mm-hmm. you know, children do have a four-day school week now. So maybe on mm-hmm. Friday, give the parents that flexibility of working from home or mm-hmm. allowing to bring your kid to work on Friday. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm sure the employers, if they worked in this together, it would just create a better lifestyle for everybody. Oh my gosh, you are opening such a big can of worms right now because (laughs) there is this whole conversation, right, about even turning work into a four-day work week, right? Because productivity dips on a Friday. No one really wants to be there. And people generally are far more likely to be more focused in everything if they just worked four days a week. This is like a systemic thing. If the world just gets on the same platform, right? Employees do four day a week work. We have schools that are four days a week. We get a three day weekend for life. (laughs) I feel like quality of life will significantly increase quality of like family time. All of that would be so much better and stronger. Oh, my God. But I mean, the thing is, it's not a country that's built on families first. That is like a whole other debate. But that's just Mm -hmm. the reality of it. And unless there's like this deep systemic change, I don't see how it would be like there would be a balance. It has to be across the board from employers, like parents who have jobs should go to four days a week to schools four days a week. I've been fortunate enough to work in several settings where it's, you know, nine to five, five days a week. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I've worked, you know, come in on your own hours. I've worked on a flexible Friday where you can work from home or take an early dismissal on Friday. I've worked at companies where Friday you're really, you're just off. Like they go, do not touch work on a Friday. And to me, that four day work week, just personally, I love it. Mm-hmm. But I can see why some people want that five day work week. <laughs> they just, you know, they like that structure. Who knows? I, I don't know who these aliens are, but um, they, they're they not welcome on this planet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you're just a better human, a better person, a better, like, yeah. employee, a better, like, wife, husband, partner, whatever. If you just had four days a week that you had to work and more time with your family. I think these service-oriented listeners are like, no, 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 hold on. Uh, Are you taking a day away from me where I can make a lot of money? Like, let's chill on this one, okay? That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Okay, let's get some rapid-fire stories. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of stories that I have here. So Houston residents are saying that they are open to paying $2 a month if those funds were directly going to upgrade and maintaining parks and green spaces in our area. Mm -hmm. And another 51% said they would financially support even more money around $5 a month. And this report comes from Rice University's Kinder Institute for Urban Research. Your thoughts on this and Mm -hmm. are you open to paying between two to five dollars a month to keep our green spaces nice, maintained and open and inviting? Anytime they try to take more money out of me, I'm like, why are you coming and trying to dip into my pockets? Like, (laughs) you know, like I, I understand and I'm all for parks. Like I love green spaces. I think they're so important for just like your own soul, right? Walking in a park, looking at trees that just getting out. It's so important. But why you got to dip in my pocket? And I get it, right? I get it. If that's the only 
aspect of it, sure, maybe $2, I can see that happening. But I don't see a lot of with the inflation and the cost of living going up and the cost of food going up. I don't see how so many people can be down with this. (laughs) I mean, the numbers don't lie. For the price of a small coffee, Dina, you don't want <laughs> Damn, to put in money there. to nourish your soul like <laughs> you just true. said and be part of the park system <laughs> and an inviting system that's maintained fair. for the price of a small fair, coffee. Fair, fair, And the thing is, I love our parks. But here's the thing. If we do put in this money that I'm hoping that they go into even low-income family spaces and communities and they improve those parks as well, that it's not just in more privileged neighborhoods and wealthy neighborhoods that we're doing this because then I have a problem with that. So this report is just a study. It's not going to happen just yet, but I think it was more to explore that opportunity to maybe get some private funding from citizens to maintain the parks. But yeah, it was just an interesting survey Mm -hmm. and a report that I saw. I would be all for it. I love it. Like, you know what, Mm -hmm. if it's five bucks and you're guaranteeing that all this money is going to the parks and I can use them and they're maintained and it's just a more inviting space, sign me up. It's five bucks. I get it. Everything I, you know, you said about inflation, Things are getting more expensive, but for Mm -hmm. five bucks, if I'm using the parks a lot, Mm -hmm. and that means maybe they're putting more programs in, maybe they're doing yoga at night, maybe that allows Mm -hmm. them to have cooler programs, then let's do it. But you got to guarantee it's going to parks. That's that's the exactly like that in bold, (laughs) not at the bottom of this form (laughs) and like little (laughs) little text. No, in bold at the top. Guarantee all of these things. Then I'm totally with it. Okay, so when I was growing up, we lived in apartment complexes from A-Leaf to Sugarland. And for whatever reason, Dina, Mm -hmm. apartment complexes that we lived at were on bayous. Okay, so (laughs) I spent a lot of time being a boy and running around the bayous behind the apartment complexes. And we would see these rats, all right, these huge rats called nutrias. Are you familiar with nutrias at all? (laughs) A really dumb thing to say. Yes, I am. When I first saw them, I was like, is that a beaver? What the heck is a beaver doing out here? (laughs) Yeah. So that's exactly what we thought. We were like, is that a beaver? What is that? Is that a chupacabra? Like we didn't know what it was. Like everyone just started making up stories because they're so big Mm -hmm. and we would see them all the time, especially in the apartment complex we lived in Sugarland. We would see them all the time. You would see the burrows. It was nasty when they would run out. Well, guess what? Nutria rats are on the rise, not only across the state, according to agencies, but here locally in Katy, a lot more nutria are on the rise. Disgusting, right? Yeah, that's gross. That is so gross. That's not good news. Not good news. Also, it can hurt the ecosystem because nutria can cause damage by burrowing, which can lead to erosion. It can damage roads and more. (sighs) And they also eat a lot of aquatic vegetation. So this can kill that aquatic vegetation causing erosion. And then that leads to loss of habitat for other species. So this is happening right here. And it's always been a part of our ecosystem, the nutrias, but on the rise now and this could get bad oh no is there a way to freaking get rid of these things Ooh, that's a good question you know who we should bring on 
our good friend Scott Solomon. Maybe he can answer this for us and we can find out like, can we get rid of nutria rats? I'm sure there is a way. Like, I don't think yeah. people want to hear how you get rid of them. <laughs> I mean, it would require killing them, I'm sure. But maybe we can ask Scott if there's any benefit as well to having nutria in the ecosystem. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I definitely want to ask Scott that. Okay, we are a food city. There's no denying it. And we have been getting a lot of our chefs on national television shows. Well, the next one up is Stanton Bundy of Traveler's Table. He's going to be taking on Bobby Flay and Beat Bobby Flay. First of all, do you watch Beat Bobby Flay? Yes, I do. Bobby sometimes can be annoying, to be honest. (laughs) I feel bad saying this because he's a great chef, but I find him very irritating sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) When that show first came out, I hated it. I was like, what (laughs) a horrible person. Like going to all of these local chefs and trying to show them up, okay? And he comes in there with his award-winning recipes Mm. and tries to like, oh, mine is way better. But then when I actually watched the show, I was like, this is actually cool because Bobby Flay is so respectful, not only of the chef he's competing against, but of the recipe, of the local area, the cuisine. And he gives you like a history lesson mm-hmm. while everything is happening. And you're right. At times, he can be really annoying, right? Like, especially <laughs> when he knows he's about to win one. Yeah. But I'm kind of excited to watch this one. Are you? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited that Stanton is doing this because Traveler's Table is amazing. His food is delicious. And honestly, like, this is a huge win regardless for us. Yep. The episode is out now, so just find it on your DVR if you already record Beat Bobby Flay, or you can just find it on demand wherever you subscribe. So I'm excited for this one. And the episode title, Full Frontal Assault. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really engaging. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay, Dina, before we end this episode, you have something you want to talk about here, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. So my baby turned one on... October 4th. And I've always like tried to figure out where do you even like plan kid parties, all this stuff. And I went down a rabbit hole on Reddit. And I'm not the only person asking this question. Apparently, there's a mom that's asking where can she host her five year old's birthday party? And I'm like, five year olds, okay, they're running around more active, you need fun things to do. And I'm super anti trampoline parks. So I'm like, what? where do people plan parties? Like, where do you go? And she's just like asking for something that doesn't break the bank. And that would be good for like 30 or so people, which is a solid question. Yeah. I'll give you my own experience here with our eight-year-olds. So first of all, birthday parties, you really don't need to throw them until they're about five, okay? Because they won't remember them. I'm like being dead honest here. We threw a birthday party for her when she was three years old. We did a swimming party at one of those cool swim schools. That's always a good one. Like I want to recommend that. I love those because the kids will get to play in the water. They get to eat pizza, have fun, and you're out of there in an hour, which is the best part. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Get them in, swim, eat out. Love it. That's so Um, cool. But they don't remember them until they're about five. So Mm, having done the parties where it's at the swim school, at the arcades, the princess dress up stuff, (laughs) the best party to do is literally just order pizza, get a cake, invite people over. You can do it in the garage. You can do it inside your home. You can maybe rent out a space at a local park. But those are the best ones because it gives the kids a chance to just play together, the adults a chance to talk without running around chasing Mm -hmm. your kid at a venue or wherever. Mm -hmm. And you just have more fun. It's easier to plan and it's cost efficient. 
That's a good point. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. I'm I'm with you, honestly. Like I'm not doing anything huge for like the first five years. <laughs> Something small <laughs> and intimate. And then once they actually can remember their birthdays, I'll invest more time. And a park sounds great. Yeah, those are awesome. And you just look it up, you know, wherever the park is, just check with the county. Can you just show up and do a party? Do you just need a rent? And usually it's like a 10 to $15 fee. It's nothing expensive. So just check your local county website and see what the park fees are and you're good to go. But I'm telling you the best parties that we've had where our daughter just talks about them. It's like, do you remember when we did this and all that? It's where we just literally opened up the garage, set up tables, ordered pizza, had the cake, had some games for them, and they just played on the street and we just hung out and it was so much fun. Love that. I love that. Dina, are you a big watching concerts on TV person? It depends on the artist, to be honest. But if it's a really good artist, for sure, I'm totally down. So Beyonce announced that she's going to be releasing her Renaissance tour as a film on December 1st. So, haha, Carly, you spent all that money. I'm going to get to see that concert as well in the comfort of my home for for a lot less than that. So, haha, to you and Antrichelle, good job spending all that money. I'm going to get the same experience. I know it's not the same experience, but this isn't a gripe as much as I wish every artist did this. Like, mm. I love watching concerts, not only at home, but the fact that she's releasing this as mm. a theatrical release, you can go and get the best sound. Like, usually a lot of theaters have the Dolby Atmos, which is great. So, I love this. And I wish, like, concerts I'm thinking about, I've gone to, they would release that because I want to go back and relive concerts I've been to. Yeah, honestly, okay, I don't think. Beyonce is the only person doing it. I believe Taylor, isn't she releasing the Eras Tour concert film on October? I believe she's releasing it on October 13th. And I'm excited to see that because I love Taylor Swift. I'm a Swifty through and through, but will I attend a concert? No, because I don't like crowds. So that's my problem. So the more that they actually, like you were saying, the more that they release them, the more like people like me get to enjoy it. And so I'm I'm excited she's dropping that. So Bay and Swift. I'm for it. Yeah, I love that. You know what? Drop it. I remember in 2008 when Kanye was doing the Glow in the Dark tour, he filmed the entire thing. He pumped it up. He's like, we're going to release this as a concert film. And I was so excited. He never released it for whatever reason. And I'm like, man, I want to relive that concert because the artists also redo songs and remix them and put a different twist on it. So you really get to experience the music you love in a different manner. So to have that anytime you want would be so cool. I love that. That's so cool. I'm, I'm with you. I think it should be like a requirement for all artists. Absolutely. It needs to be a requirement and we are all for that. Dina, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And here's to a good Tuesday ending. And also we're almost there. Look, the end of the week is almost here. We did it. Yeah, we survived. <laughs> That was Dina Kespa. All of the stories we talked about are linked in the show notes. Hey, do you have an idea for a CityCast Houston episode? We love hearing what's impacting you around the city. All you have to do is just fill that form out in the show notes, and we'd love to read your story ideas. Thank you so much. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new.
Sorry, Carly. 